Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. Your view of your future is going to change. So like even me right now, I might think about what's most exciting for me, where I want to be. But every goal is always a means. So like even if I go and then achieve that goal and realize that future self, then my future self will also have a future. There's never a point when you don't have a future. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Zung, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung, and I'm so excited today because this is totally my jam. As you guys know, I love talking about how to be your future self and live into your authentic power. And this is the guy to talk about that. And you guys are going to just love this conversation. You're going to definitely want to stay all the way to the end today. And you're going to want to listen to this episode more than once. I can already tell you that. And we haven't even had the conversation yet. So Dr. Benjamin Hardy is an organizational psychologist. He's an author. He's the world's leading expert on how to be your future self. He's written a book on it. He's also written thousands of blogs and articles, and his books have been read by millions of people. And we're going to dive into all of this today. So thank you for having this conversation with me today. And I I just, this is going to be amazing. I'm just happy to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. So I love this topic. I have been studying this and having this conversation, honestly, with my own personal coach for probably at least 15 years. I've been studying this myself for a long time. I I love the whole idea of this. My own personal coach, she came up through the landmark world. She studied personally with like Warner Earhart. And, uh, you know, when you started talking about like the three laws of performance on some other things and, you know, I've been, I, I was like, okay, you know, I mean, I, I, I knew that you were somebody I definitely wanted to perk up and listen more to. So I personally was very, very, um, uh, interested right away. You totally piqued my interest. So I want you to talk about the idea, first of all, that, that we're not a set mutable like self, that, that we can be changed. The brain is really a, I think it's it's like a CPU that can be just really like switched out. And, and I want you to kind of talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one way, like a, in a certain, like a great starting point is how we think about our past self, our present self and our future self and really how time works psychologically. So the common way of looking at time is, is that the past is behind us. We're in the present and the future's up ahead. But from a psychological standpoint, we are living in our past, present, and future all at once. Like one way of thinking about it is, is that your view of your past and also your view of your future are heavily determining who you are being right now. So if you have a, a frame or a story of your past that's really negative, then obviously that's going to impact you in the present. You may have unresolved trauma or have, you know, issues that you haven't resolved from your past. And so, of course, that's going to impact you in the present. Also, the goals you're pursuing in your future are going to heavily impact who you are and what you see in the present. Uh, and so it's just important to realize that who you're being in the present is based on on your on your relationship you have with your own past and your future. And in my opinion, how, how much mastery you have over your past and your future. 
And so one really important way of developing mastery over your past is to continuously realize that it's actually not the past that determines the present. It's always the present that determines the meaning of the past. And so in the present, I have large creative control over what my past is and what it means. Even memory is not a retrieval. It's actually a reconstruction. So I'm always creating my past from Mm -hmm. the present. And it's really useful to recognize that I am not my past self. And so this is part of developing mastery over your past is regularly referencing and realizing that you're not your past self. So I could look at who I am today. I could look at who I was 10 years ago, go back to 2013 in our case and say, how am I different from who I was in 2013? And then I start to actually clarify and and create, you know, like reference and review those changes. I could see that I don't have the same perspective. I don't have the same values. I don't have the same standards. I don't have the same goals as my past. I don't even have the same like friends or in large part hobbies. There are certain parts of me, of course, that are similar. Um, but largely I'm very different and I operate differently than I did 10 years ago. But then I can do that same thing for who I was 10 months ago. How am I different from who I was 10 months ago? If I went back to the beginning of 2023, uh, how am I different from who I was back then? And how do I see the world now differently? What what's now possible that wasn't possible to me ten year you know ten months ago? What was I going for back then? What were my habits back then? How have I evolved? And then you can get really good at even doing that on a ba- daily basis. How 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 am I different from who I was ten days ago? The only reason I say this is is that when you get really good at this, you can start to see massive changes in yourself against your past self on really short time frames, and that helps you realize that your current self is very flexible. It also helps you to realize your future self is going to be very different and you can start using your future self um, to like your imagined future self, who you want to be. You can start using that as the basis for who you're being now rather than having a fixed mindset and thinking that who you are now is who you're going to be in the future. Yes. However, I, I mean, one of the things that when I first started working with my business coach, who is also really, I always say that she was better. All my friends have worked with her and she's become one of my best friends. Is that, you know, we always say that she's better for us than any psychologist has ever been. And not, not to take away from anybody who's ever worked with, you know. What makes her better? Well, because we have, I know that I'm a completely different person. Um, than I would have ever been, you know, because, you know, she talks about default futures and she talks about rackets and she talks about all these different things that, you know, the first thing that she did with us is for me is we had to read this thing called mastering inventing oneself. And and there was this, what's it called? It's called mastering inventing oneself. And, and it was this, um, this whole thing that, we had to read, which is basically that it was, we kind of became something because we were at the effect of, we were kind of given by what happened to us. We were at the effect of what happened to us, not realizing what happened to us. In other words, when you grow up as children and for example, I have a friend who she kind of came to this conclusion that maybe she wasn't lovable because, you know, her two sisters were sitting on her grandmother's lap or whatever. And then she goes to sit on her grandmother's lap. And her grandmother was like, oh my God, I had too many kids on my lap, everybody off. And she was, so she was like, oh, I'm not lovable. So, you know, you, you go to school and then things happen and oh, you know, I'm not lovable. And so you, you start to look for evidence in reality that I'm not lovable. Right. And this like that reticular activating system starts to, um, you start looking for evidence and reality that ties to that. Right. And so that's what ends up happening. And then I think that you're at the effect of that and you don't even realize that that's what's happening and then you you kind of have you end up having this default future because of that and and you don't realize that you think that that's who I am then you think that's who I am but you don't realize that it actually became you you were at the effect of that 
because you were a child and, and you don't realize that you can actually, that that was kind of some, you know, in the mastering inventing oneself, it was like, that was it. It's not your real self that your real self is actually whoever you create your real self to be. And that's what you are actually saying in this book, that you can create now whoever you want to be. That you can... Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you have a lot of power over, over who you're being. Um, and I think that this may sound weird, but as I was saying before, like recognizing how you're different from your past self and actually even creating that change is is really powerful. Like what you were talking about was people looking for evidence of why they're not lovable, right? That's the frame and also that's what they're filtering for. You called it reticular activating system. Like I would call it selective attention, but an easier way to even say it is, is it's what they're filtering for. It's what they're looking for. They're looking for that evidence. They could easily just as much look for evidence on why they're lovable. Um, and so like that's a massive way of utilizing your past to recognize that you... This may sound weird. Like a lot of people, they only focus on the future, and 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 your and your creative control over your own past just has has just as much impact on who you're being now as your creative control over your future. Um, but I, I agree with you that it's very powerful to avoid the default future. From my view, the default future is this: it's taking the past and the present and using that to generate the future. Correct. Yes, exactly. And you talk in your book about these seven threats to your future self, and you know, you talk about like um, of being reactive, you know, having a reactive narrative about your past stunts um, uh, your future, right? I mean, you. I, I, th- I thought this is so beautiful because you you actually have you you you've actually identified all the reasons that you're you, you might not have a future self because there are d- different threats to your future self. And, and, you know, I think just being aware of that is so helpful. Absolutely. I think that uh, what you were saying um, in terms of creating yourself is huge. And and so I think that this uh, master skill when it comes to... So like we've talked a little bit about mastering your past, but let's talk about mastering your future and letting your future self, who you create, dictate who you are in the present. That's really what you want to do is, is you want to think about who you want to be uh, and obviously one thing that's important about this is is that like your view of your future is going to change so like even me right now i might think about what's most exciting for me where i want to be but every goal is always a means so like even if i go and then achieve that goal and realize that future self then my future self will also have a future there's never a point when you don't have a future um but you can you can largely shape and imagine that future albert einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge and so this is what stunts a lot of people is, is that they take their present and they push that off into the future. They think that who I am now is who I'm going to always be. What you want to do is start with imagination. Who do you want to be? Uh, and even you want, you know, you, you want to largely stretch it out so that it feels like it's impossible. There's a lot of research that shows that impossible goals are really useful because they stop you from operating from your past. Um, I, I'm guessing if you were to think about it yourself, like you've probably achieved things that your past self thought were impossible. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Many times. Yeah, you've done it over and over and over. And anyone who's listening to this, their life right now, what's normal to them now would have been impossible to their past self. So it would have been outside your past self's frame of reference. And so it's very useful. And I would say one of my views more recently is, is that smart... And like I, I never really used smart goals. I do like measurable and I like achievable. But the whole realistic, I, I've really stopped believing in that. I don't think it's a useful frame. I think that having goals that you believe to be impossible is much a much better frame and filter for how to how to make decisions in the present. When the goal is really big, then you have to realize that most of what you're doing right now is not going to get you there. And it helps. It really forces you to find um, only like the very few things that really matter. Call it the twenty percent versus the eighty percent using the eighty twenty. Um, but the, I would say that there's three levels with what you're talking about. First, you want to go from seeing which is seeing your future self, that's imagination, seeing, and then you want to get to feeling and then ultimately knowing. And so the going from seeing to feeling is where you start to get really emotionally connected to your future self. You even get to the place of conviction. And and this is where you really start to like, honestly identify more as your future self than you do as your current self. And you have so much connection and commitment that you then start doing what your future self would do, being what your future self would be. And you let go of a lot of the things that got you here. And then you ultimately can get to a place of confidence and knowing where you already know that what you want is yours. And that's when that's when you know you've already made the decision, you're committed, and then you just you ultimately find the way in the people. Yes. 
I love that so much. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase. Go to Shopify dot com slash best life to take your retail business to the next level today shopify.com slash best life so you've got seven threats to your future self in the book and then you've got seven truths about your future self and i you know why did you come up with the number seven by the way i was just curious smaller than eight (laughs) there was no perfect reason uh i know that seven's a a special number for some people um Um, I know that the number seven has like deep meaning. I actually personally wasn't actually going for that. Um, although I'm open to it. I'm open to that just kind of being a mystery of the book. But um, no, it was just, I was just trying to be as, they, they use the word parsimony when it comes to science and when it comes to writing. Not that that book's, you know, a piece of science. It's a piece of writing. But parsimony is the idea that the more simple you can make something, the better it will be. And so mm-hmm. I probably could have done three, three, and three you know, and really like condensed it even further. But I also wanted it to be like bite-sized kind of blog post style writing. And so that was just kind of what it ended up being. Okay. So um, I, uh, there was a, there is a, a, um, a friend of mine who does this exercise at uh, when he speaks, which is uh, absolutely amazing. And what he does is, he has you stand up and when you're, you know, before he starts speaking, he has you look to the right of you and you see yourself. Just imagine a, a, your, your, yourself is standing next to you and you look just like you, but it's the perfect version of you. So it's the weight that you want to be, it's now you're seeing yourself in every way that you would want to be. So it is the, you, you have the bank account that you would want to have. You have the life that you want to have. He says, um, what would you look like? What, what friends did you, um, talk to this morning? What calls do you have scheduled for this afternoon? What, uh, um, what, cars are parked in your driveway? What home did you wake up in this morning? What um, clothes are you wearing? What do your calves look like? What shoes are you wearing? What, um, you know, phone uh, contacts are in your phone? Um, And, you know, he's like, you know, just look at yourself and how are you standing? How are you standing? You know, what, what, how, you know, how would you stand? What people are coming up to you? And he's like, you know, you're looking at yourself. It's exactly you but you're looking at yourself in every single way. And so, you know, so he's, it's you, but everything about you. And he spends, you know, a good amount of time describing all the things. And then at the end of this, he says, okay, now step one step to the right. And he says, now go be that person right now. In other words, that's it. Go do it now. Be that person now. It's so powerful because it's like there's there's no there should not be any gap with that. You know, like go start doing it now. 
I agree. I uh, I think that often we think about the future as the end and the present as the means. But in my opinion, the future is the means for for living in the present now. Like the future is the end, the present. Sorry, the future is the means to living powerfully in the present. So I, I love what you're saying. And I think that we can really do that. Um, our minds are very visual. And so we can we can do what you just did, visualize our future self, even down to the, like how your calves look, right? Um, and how you're how how you're talking to other people. And then you can like we have near mirror neurons in our brains, right? And so we can mirror what we see in our imagination, which is really powerful. And yeah, I think that that's that's really how you get there is you have to, you know, you be your future self. Now you be the person you want to be and you operate as that person would operate. And you can get to the point where you see it, but also you get to the point where you feel it and you get to the point where you know it. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful process. I think one thing that's beautiful about it is, is that it allows you to be a lot more flexible with your present self. You don't have to overly identify with who you are now. You don't have to overly um, be fixed and rigid. Like you're going to change a lot. You're going to transform a lot. You can also quote unquote fail. It's kind of like a child going from crawling to walking. Um, they get there by trying to walk, not by trying yeah. to crawl. So let's talk about step one, clarify your contextual purpose. Talk, let's talk about that. I say contextual purpose because I, like I said, like you can only see so far from your current self. So my view of contextual purposes is you at the next context, you at the next level, your future self at your next step. And I would say for me, it shouldn't be more than three years away. Um, so what's like, what's, what's a quantum level up from where you're wanting to go? And just defining that, seeing it as you would say, laying it out. What does that look like? Where are you at? What's your context? What's your situation? What are you doing? Who is that person? Who is your future self? Just really getting vivid and detailed about you at the next level. Certainly, once you get to that level, then you'll be able to have a new contextual purpose. Um, but I think that that's more powerful than overly defining a life's purpose. Certainly, having a life's purpose can be useful, but you're going to change so much. My future self in two or three years from now is going to know a lot of things that I don't know. And so... Certainly, I can have a bigger North Star that's guiding me, but rather than doing that, like knowing my future self and at the next level is going to know way more things than me, I, how about I just go for the contextual purpose, go to that next level, and then from there, my future self can do it again. Yes. Okay. And so step two, eliminate lesser goals. Yeah. So one of my favorite quotes is from Robert Brault. He said, we're kept from our goal not by obstacles, but by a clear path to lesser goals. And so a lesser goal is anything that's taking you away from your true goal. Uh, and we, we spend all of our, you know, uh, I'd argue most people spend the majority of their time on lesser goals. They're things that they don't ultimately, ultimately want, but they're things that they, they're spending their time doing. It could, be, it could be anything that's taking them away from the true goal. So it's just important to realize like in every situation you're in, you're either pursuing your true goal or you're you're opting for a clear path to some lesser goal. Yeah. And I mean, I would say, you know, kind of ask yourself in every situation, is this, is it taking me away from or toward, away from or toward? Because I think that it, once you have that North Star, there's almost it kind of helps you in a way because it, it, it can, it, it, it's, you know, you can even, you can make decisions from that context, from that place. It almost informs where you're going, right? You know, you can, you can. That's what it should do. That's what the purpose of the future is. is yeah. The purpose of the future is to frame and direct your present. Right. Because uh, I think a lot of times, at least for me, you know, I, especially like in business, I can go, you know, I, I can definitely squirrel my way, uh, you know. Uh, oh, oh no! That's too many. That's too many competing futures. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and you know, I know in the book you talked about how you 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 got really specific about you no, know, I'm I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. You you got like simplified. You simplified your 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 goals down, and I thought that was really helpful. Um, Absolutely. So elevate from needing to wanting to knowing. What's your opinion on that? Well, here's the way I looked at it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we carry them 
and we bottle them up, it can definitely affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get them off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know it's definitely been helpful for me in learning how to deal with past trauma and set boundaries and be the best version of myself. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's super convenient because it's all online and flexible. Just Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash negotiate today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash negotiate. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zong. The way that you build confidence is, is how, is, you know, is those smaller wins too. Because, you know, once you start having wins, you start to go, I did that. And, and I'm seeing my future self, you know, um, evolving. It's coming. It's happening. Are you struggling with a narcissist in your life? Whether it's a family member, a friend, a business partner, a soon-to-be ex, whoever it is, are you ready to shift that power dynamic, but you're just feeling like you cannot win, like everybody is believing their lies, and you're just feeling like there's just no way that you can shift that power dynamic. I've got a brand new masterclass for you. I'm sharing all my secrets. And so that you can finally take back your power and break free from this hell emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I've never done this free masterclass before. Go to Break Free From Hell and sign up. Come be with me and get my secrets so that you can finally take back your power and break free. Break free from hell and let's do this. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. If your supervisor is persistently dismissing your contributions, making you feel insignificant, identify this as bullying and it will enable you to confront this situation and seek and, and seek out the support that you need to seek out. And now we return to today's show. I mean, I, for me, when I started doing this, the way I would describe it to people was, I would say to them how I, I, it it became like, you don't say I want this or I need this. It was like, I would look in the mirror and I would say, well, I know that I'm female And I don't have to go, you know, you're a female. <laughs> like you just go, I know that I am. It's, it's in my cells. Like that's just, it isn't happening. Like that's, this is it. You know, like this is I, like, you have to know it like that. I love I, it. Yeah. I think it's, I love your analogies. They're beautiful. Um, yeah, so I agree with that. I think that knowing that, you know, one of my favorite quotes comes from Florence Shin. She said that uh, what you, you know, I guess she said, faith knows it has already received and acts accordingly. So faith knows it has already received and acts accordingly. And I think that you can get to that level of knowing. Um, and that's that's a really powerful place. Uh, even Stephen Covey, he said that to know and not do is to really not know. And so to know and not do. And so once you get to that place of knowing, then it's not a question of of what you'll do. And you can also, you can know where you're at by what you do. And so that's why you want to go from seeing to feeling to knowing. And just, but it, but it's not a place of needing. It's not based on need. Need is unhealthy attachment. It's based on want, intrinsic motivation. It's based on this is what I most want. This is what I most believe in. And and then you get to the place of emotional commitment, and then getting to the place of just straight up knowing. And I can say that you can tap into that, just as similar as you were talking about um, viewing the person to the right. 
visualizing it, seeing it, and committing to it, and then moving forward as that. When I was first starting as a blogger, I really started writing from the perspective of my future self. Like I was an amateur from the beginning, but I wrote knowing that I was going to be a professional one day. And I just wrote from that place of knowing. Uh, and as a result, like you, you come at it from a different perspective rather than approaching it from the identity of an amateur, you write, you know, you're coming at it from, from the identity of like, you already know you're going to get there. And so it just changes your orientation to what you're doing. It doesn't mean you're not still starting as a crawler, but it, you know, a crawler that doesn't know if they're ever going to walk is different from the crawler who knows they're going to walk one day and they're just moving towards that. Yeah, I mean, I look at it as if like when you're chasing, you're never going to catch. You know, so if you feel like you're chasing, that's how a lot of people are with the future. It's something that's always out of reach rather than than I view it as it's the operating system through which you're moving. Yeah. I mean, and the way I also look at manifesting, and this is something I, I actually just, somebody asked me the other day about how I manifest. And the, the way I look at it is if, you know, you said it, when you get in your car and you set a GPS, you know, let's say you're going from, I don't know, LA to Phoenix or whatever, and you put Phoenix in your car, you know, you're, you're getting to Phoenix, you know, you pack your bag and you're imagining yourself in Phoenix and you're, 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 you're you know what, you check what the weather is in Phoenix and you're, you're planning that and you're, you're talking to your friends in Phoenix and, you know, you don't sit there and go, I don't know if I'm making it to Phoenix and I might end up on the side of the road and I'm going to think I might have to make a U-turn, whatever, you, you know, you're, you're imagining yourself in Phoenix, you know, you're going to get to Phoenix and you're already in Phoenix and your mind is in Phoenix and, you know, even though you're not in Phoenix yet, you just know you're making it to Phoenix. So you're just... Rather than questioning the whole way. Right. You already know you're going to Phoenix. You already know you're There's going There's no questioning. To you're just going in that direction and you're committed. Right. Even though you don't see Phoenix yet, you know you're going to Phoenix. You know you're making it. I think that that's a really good good, good way of looking at your future self. And, and knowing that the future self that you want, that's the direction you're going. Your future self is Phoenix. And you're already moving that direction. You already know that that's the direction you're going, and you can have that level of of confidence. You can have that level of knowing, and and that that keeps you going. <laughs> but it also changes how you're going because if if you're always questioning, "Am I really going there? Is it going to happen?" Like you don't do that um, with other right. things. So you, and, your, your vibrational level has to meet that, and that's something else that I was going to ask you about, but we haven't gotten there. Go ahead. So I want to, I want to get there. So I want to get through these steps, but I wanted to talk to you, you know, I wanted to ask you about, you know, where quantum physics comes in in your mind and and that sort of thing. So um let me um let me ask. Uh uh so um ask for exactly what you want. Let's that's the next step here in step 4. What's your opinion of that? Well, I think that you do need to be specific. I mean, I always have said, you know, when when a waiter comes to the restaurant, you know, at a, at a restaurant, you don't just say food. You know, you 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 get specific with the with with the server, right? You say, I want a steak, I want a medium rare, I want it like whatever. I mean, you're pretty specific. Um, so you do need to be specific about what you want. But I also think that you can have a vibrational energy about certain things. That's my opinion. I think that you can have a vibrational energy about who you are and also attract that because I do, I do think that you attract you know, you don't attract what you want, you attract what you are as well. So I do think that you can have an, a vibrational energy and attract like-minded people. So I think I kind of think it's both. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say in in you, you as far as specifically about 
goals. I think often, I think, think often though, people who are who even are quote unquote vibrating at a certain level, they don't get what they want because they don't ask for it. Um, like the, you know, like whether that's like a lack of confidence or something like that. And sometimes you can ask quote unquote above your skill level. Like uh, I'll, I'll give an example. Um, so I was just talking to a, a person on my team who he was in a certain role and I could tell it wasn't that clear and I wasn't clear. And so I was like, I don't know if you should be on the team. Um, and he's like, well, can I tell you my goals? And I said, yes, that would be really helpful. And in telling me my goals, it became pretty clear that actually he was not in the right role, but he never actually had told me that before. Um, and I gave him the space to do that. But it might be very true that actually given his goals, like even being on my team, let alone in a different role is not right. But he didn't tell me what he wanted. He didn't, he wasn't clear. And I think that often, um, like even as just as another example, um, like last week or the week before, I totally changed up my relationship with my editor, uh, sorry, with my publisher. And had I not asked for it, I wouldn't have gotten it. Um, And I I changed the dynamics of of how I'm going to write books with them moving forward. And had I not asked for it, I certainly wouldn't have gotten it. But also, if I, I could have just stayed in my situation without asking, hoping they would come to me and just grant me my wishes without me being explicit. Um, but by being explicit, then I could find out, yeah, if, they, if it's even possible, let alone if it's even right in that situation. Maybe they would have told me, oh, heck no, we don't do it that way. And then I might say, oh, maybe I need to go somewhere else. And so I, I think that being really explicit, and this goes back to your idea of generative language, is, um, you know, in the default future is, is think about the future you want and start directly just asking for it. Um, often we don't get simply because we don't ask. That could be true in prayer, but that's also, I think, true just in practical situations. Oh, I definitely think you need to be specific in a lot of ways, for sure. But I think that once you once you also start um, vibrating at a much higher level, you also start attracting bigger and better. You do. You do. You bring stuff to you without question. Yes. I think it becomes both. Um, so automate and systematize systemize your future self. You want to share anything about that or you want me to just go? Um, well, I, this is exactly my sleigh method. So, you know, my sleigh method, I say strategy and then, so S is strategy and then you create action steps. And I, I tell them that this is exactly what they need to do. And then my why of the, of the sleigh method is becoming, you know, your authentic self. And so uh, I think this is, exactly in line with what I think people should be doing because, you know, and of course I'm half German and half Chinese. So I always joke that I have no fun genes whatsoever. So this is perfect for me. (laughs) I mean, I think that by having these exact steps, it's, it's like that GPS. You can now go, okay, here's how I can, you know, reach my goals. The journey to, you know, uh, to getting where you want starts with one step, right? I mean, you you now can see it, you know, conceive, believe, achieve. Yeah. And I think on this side, it's it's really about setting up the, the system and the situation to make success inevitable. So like as an example, um, one of the things I talked about in this book is like just creating an autopilot, like literally automating investing every week into like an investment account so that it's kind of like set it and forget it. Like now it's systemized and now you're investing in your future self and it just happens every week without you having to do anything about it. Um, this could also include, for example, bringing in like a health coach, right? And like you've now brought them into your system and like you're now creating a system around your future self rather than... Um, having to overthink every step, you're actually like automating as much of it as you can so that it just becomes what's, what's this, I think that this fits or, you know, pretty naturally after the place of knowing is, is designing the system so that it just happens. Um, creating the conditions that just are going to make it so. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. Yes, exactly. And, and I think it's just easier because you feel like, okay, this is how I get there. This is, you know, I, I have a plan. And and honestly, I think that 
you know, the way that you build confidence is, is how, is, you know, is those smaller wins too. Because, you know, once you start having wins, you start to go, I did that. And, and I'm seeing my future self, you know, um, evolving. I, it's coming. It's happening. You see evidence of it in your past and how you frame your past shapes what you expect for your future. And so as you're getting small wins and you're creating that evidence and you're looking at that evidence and you're framing for that, you say, oh, well, look where I've gone. Look what I just did. That makes me think I can keep going more. Exactly. Um, okay, step six is schedule your future self. Yeah, I think this is just changing your relationship with time. Like if, you know, this is like the important versus the urgent, right? Most people's schedules are busy around their past or sorry, around their present self and their current situation. Whereas you want to put your future self at the front of your schedule and, and have bigger and bigger blocks for actually being and creating your future self. If you're, you know, in my case, that would maybe be like writing that book or whatever it may be or spending time with my kids one on one. Like, right. It's just, it's actually making your time and your schedule look like your future self. Yeah. One of the most powerful things that you said in your book, and I, I just thought this was such a beautiful thing. I just want to make sure that I, re- I remember to say this in this episode was how you talked about seeing yourself 20 years from now, hugging your daughter and how you just thought, you know, okay, this is going to happen. And how you just thought, you know, I want to make sure that I, you know, recognize that time is going to happen anyway. So we need to seize these moments and we need to schedule our future self and, 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 and be so purposeful and conscious about it. Absolutely. Okay, so and step, so step seven is uh, aggressively complete imperfect work. I love this. Um, I think that, you know, I, again, I'm just using the, the analogy of crawling to walking, but how many times does a child have to walk, you know, and fall on their face before they eventually land it? You know, and it, I'm a big for, uh, fan, fan of skateboarding. And so... Um, like it's just kind of fun to watch a skateboarder try a trick over and over and over again until they land it. And um, this kind of reminds me of, and I think I actually referenced Seth Godin in this section, just the whole idea of ship, ship, ship. Like it's 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 kind of it's it's actually doing the work that you actually become good at it. Right? It's not about reading the book and then you know it's 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 actually like being a parent that you learn how to become a parent it's actually like writing stuff that you learn how to write it's it's failing those tricks that you learn how to land it and so just becoming comfortable like as an example like this book you know this is not the one we're talking about but this book came out 10x is easier than 2x and like it's very imperfect um even me you know us talking about this i'm just going to be honest with you i wrote future self like 2 years ago like i actually see things very differently than i did when i wrote that book and so that that is a piece of very imperfect work um, that we're talking about, but I'm really glad I wrote it. And and so just I just love the idea of aggressively completing imperfect work and and being bold and not needing to be a perfectionist and slow yourself down. Just like, you know, you just got to just be to become. That's how I see it. Yeah. Okay. So I know we only have a few minutes, but I really want to talk about the quantum physics piece of this and the, um, the, the law of attraction piece of this, because I... I want to know what your thoughts are on this because I, this is, you know, the part that kind of um, is my jam. I, I love it. So I want, I want to hear what your thoughts are on it. Okay. So what specifically do you want to know? Well, I want to hear what you think about it. I mean, to me, I think that, you know, it's, it's a, the, the higher your frequency, the higher your, you know, light, light attracts light. I, I, what do you mean by frequency? Well, I think that you are, we are beings of energy. I think that that's, I know that that's, a, 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 we are, I mean, that's a fact. And I think. And that we're radiating out, radiating out, and then we're drawing back in what we're radiating. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's all true. I think we're definitely like the light is emitting and um, I think that's all true. And yeah, I I definitely believe 
that our energy and our thoughts um, and our language bring stuff back. And, and I also think that you can like get immersed in, in, in thinking and then action, you know, and then creating unique situations. That's kind of like what a quantum leap is, right? Is, is bringing like some nonlinear future to yourself. And I mean, I've done it many times, um, even just recently, like when you get really clear and committed to something, it's like that whole idea when you make a you know, decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. And so, you know, I've, I've definitely applied that at various times and at various levels, um, thinking about something and then watching as the situations and the people unfold to bring it about. And so I've been doing that lately even, um, and it's, and I'm generating and creating partnerships that are, are, you know, essentially going to be the vehicle to my next future self. And so it's, it's, it's something I agree in. And what I, I guess I could say my weakness in it is, um, maybe thinking too small. Um, like, you know, you can think about, you can think about things very specifically and, and bridge, bridge really amazing gaps or think about even certain people. And so, um, I think it just reminds me of Phoenix, you know, whatever it is you're overly thinking about, like that's the direction you're going. And so, you know, what do you, is that what you really want to be thinking about? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that if you put something out there as a matter of your word, everything started as a thought, everything started as somebody's word. And if you put it down, then it will happen. So be careful you know, what you're, you know, it's going to happen. Your future self is going to happen anyway. So you might as well do it consciously. Amen. That was the whole purpose of my book. Right. And, and if you put it out there specifically, consciously, it will happen. It will happen. And I've seen miracles happen in my life. I mean, I, I have, created two seven-figure companies from nothing in no time because of putting these concepts together and because I understand this. And so I, I really want people to understand that if you think from the future instead of the, fa- the past, that you, you can create your reality in any way that you want, but you cannot think from victim thinking. You can't go, I can't do it. People who who do this, they don't say, I can't, it won't happen, it's not me. Oh, the other thing I want to ask you real quick, because I know you have to go, is the the negative, the, the people who say, um, you know, I, it, it's, uh, the, the negative thoughts, like, um, you know, I don't want, I don't want this, or I don't want that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about while you were talking was just the difference between a future that you want versus a future you want to avoid. And I think right. often we're, we are, so, you know, all motivation can be camped into one of two categories, approach or avoid. And I've even caught myself with this to the idea of language, the idea of what I'm thinking about, even with my kids, where I'm overly trying to help them avoid certain things, obviously, because I'm thinking about a future that I fear, right? And so I'm operating from a, a negative future. And then everything I'm doing is trying to, trying to avoid that future. And that's only perpetuating that future because that's what I'm overly thinking about, talking about, and honestly putting energy towards. So you definitely want to be focusing on and visualizing and imagining the future you want. And then obviously speaking into that, acting towards that, relating with people towards that rather than towards the future you don't want to happen because that's only just perpetuating that reality, even if that, that might not have, been, not have been what was on their mind, but because you keep bringing it up and I've caught myself with that. Yes, exactly. Particularly with parenting, but could be in business. It could be in, it could be in partnerships and relationships where I've overly thought about what I didn't want and what I was trying to avoid. And by, by virtue of overly putting too much thought and energy in that direction, created the very thing I was trying to escape. Exactly. Because then you'll end up attracting. It's just what you're overly thinking about and, and right. moving towards. So be careful. Move towards what you don't want. Move move towards what you do want. Exactly. Exactly. So good. I, I told you guys this, this was going to be a great conversation. You're definitely going to want to go back and listen to this again. Thank you, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, 
for this amazing conversation. Fantastic. Where can people learn more about you? Um, I would say just my website is benjaminhardy.com. I've got a YouTube channel. You could just find me at Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And um, I definitely suggest you read Rebecca's book, Slay the Bully. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, we will put links to everything and including all of his books, but especially Be Your Future Self Now, because I know that you guys need to listen to this, read the book. What I suggest you do is listen to the audiobook and read the physical book at the same time, because then you get all of your senses engaged at the same time. That's what I did when I um, was reading it. So thank you so much. This was fantastic. Really appreciate it. Amazing. Grateful to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Slayers, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about, Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network. Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever and take your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring, and each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. So if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.